0: Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. Thanks for tuning in with us and coming back to hang out. Uh, I am one half of your host, Stephen. And I'd be the other half, Kyle. And Kyle is going to take us on a interesting little journey tonight to a little piece of land out in Utah that I probably wouldn't want to go hang out at.
1: I'd like to go hang out at it, but I don't feel like it would end very well for us.
0: Yeah, I'd go check it out, I guess. I just wouldn't want to live there. Anyway, that little place is called the... Sherman Ranch, a.k.a. Skinwalker Ranch. So be sure to hang out with us as soon as we get through the business. Kyle will be steering that ship in that direction. That being said, you can find us at all social media outlets, your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and...
1: You can give us a call and tell us your stories. And that phone number is going to be one eight seven seven eight zero zero hollow, or you can get it on your smartphones, use the uh, voice memo app, go ahead and record your story, and then just shoot it shoot it over to us through the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail dot com.
0: And for all of you that listen to us on uh, Apple iTunes and podcasts, be sure to pop over there and leave us a rating and review. Any uh five stars that we get kind of make us more noticeable in the podcast world make us easier to find so go over there leave us five stars and an awesome review and we'll shout you out or i mean leave us one star or whatever we're open to criticism as well
1: come on guys take us to the big leagues (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) but before we get into skinwalker ranch we have a listener call in that we're going to touch on so we're going to get into that now it
1: actually kind of uh fits with Skinwalker Ranch a little bit, which you'll find out.
2: Three of my friends and I decided to go bike riding on the trails in the same woods behind the high school. They all had those BMX style bikes and I had a 21 speed mountain bike that was entirely too big for me. There were two trails that entered the woods. We entered the woods on the north trail. At the first intersection we turned left and I was in the back because I because it was easier for me to get off my bike and walk it across the little bridge you had to cross entering the woods. The other three were yelling, HOLE, HOLE, HOLE! They simply picked their bikes up and were able to turn them 180 degrees and ride away. As I was struggling to stop my bike and not fall, it took me a a bit to get my bike turned around. As I was turning it around... I looked up and saw this hole. It was about 12 to 15 feet tall and nearly as, not nearly as wide, uh, 8 to 11 feet. It was a black, gray, white, smoky or misty mix in an oval shape. You couldn't see through it and it was very prominent. The only thing I remember thinking was, I'm glad this thing isn't moving towards me. 25-ish years later, and the only people I've talked to about this is maybe my sister, my wife, possibly my son. A year or two ago, one of those guys that was with us that day was staying with us for a while while he was having some relationship problems and told my wife the same story. After thinking about it all these years, I wonder if it and the bird story aren't related. I don't know. Let me let me know what you guys think. Thanks.
1: Alright, well, thanks for that call-in. We appreciate it. First things first, sounds like you had a sweet bike.
0: <laughs> Pretty dope.
1: <laughs> Should have done some mad jumps on it. But, anyways, a uh, couple things. Very curious that with this portal, you couldn't see through it. Now, my question would be because you couldn't see through it, was the was the hole itself just black? Was it just a black hole, or because some some portal reports are kind of different? They, it's almost like, let's say it's nighttime where you're at. Now this portal opens and it looks like a different spot in the in the daytime. So it'd be like on the opposite side of the Earth. But there are reports of beings being able to come out of said portals and go into portals so that's very curious that not long after you saw this portal or no before you saw the Thunderbird then you saw this portal could they be related? Um, very possible good call call. and then on top of that you had another person verify your story because he told your, your wife about it so that's two people that have seen the same thing So odds are... uh, Yeah, you guys saw what you saw. But those would be my questions on it, you know? I'd be very curious. And then also, did... Did you have an inkling of maybe going inside it? Which I wouldn't advise. But... And obviously you didn't, because you're still here. At least I assume you didn't go in it. But it would be very curious... I don't, I don't know how I would feel. How would you feel about that, Steve?
0: Yeah, I think, I don't know, honestly, if I would have seen it, if my curiosity would have got the better of I me. Mean, I don't think I would have went inside it, but maybe... Like throw I, a rock inside yeah, it or something? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Stick a stick in it or something. <laughs> but I'd probably just freak out and ran away anyway. Yeah, I probably would too, to be been, honest. That would have been a bizarre sight. And um, have you been back to that part of the woods, Ooh, I'd touche. ask? And if you have, have you noticed anything... Um, out of the ordinary, maybe not necessarily seen another portal, but like anything that's just bizarre, like any kind of like lights or orbs or stuff like that. Because a lot of times when you have phenomena like this, a lot of it go hand in hand. Like there's, there's just more than one account. Like you'll have a portal or you'll see a shadow person and you'll see uh, balls of light Because a lot of places like this just seem to be magnets for paranormal activity.
1: Right. And speaking of, I mean, Steve brought it up there. Have you noticed anything out of the ordinary? I'm curious if you, like Steve asked, have you been back to this exact location? Uh, You know, would something like this leave evidence? Like, uh, you know, for example, you have claims where UFOs land and there's scorched earth or indentations in the ground. You know, I'm curious. Just would would a portal leave something like that?
0: And I've read other reports where people have come across portals, and they've been there on multiple occasions. I forget what story I read, but it was this uh, gold miner was out panning for gold in the west, and he came across this little uh, creek stream, and there was a portal there. And he threw rocks into it, and they didn't come back. He threw sticks into it, and it didn't come back. <clears throat> so he gathered up his stuff went back to camp came back the next day it was there and this went on for a week or so and he said by the time the last time he saw it he had this like almost uncontrollable urge to go into it wow. and once he fought that urge off the portal closed up and he never saw it again so
1: so it's almost like um it's trying to like the in. sirens yeah like let me lure you in here
0: curiosity trumps your Survivalness, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's probably for the best that he didn't go into it in that situation.
0: Makes you wonder, like all these people to go missing in thin air.
1: Yeah, but there's also accounts <laughs> of uh, alien or er, aliens, pff, um, Indians that have these types of scenarios where, like, there's a way in into a mountain, and this portal opens once in a while, and they can enter it that way. There's been all types of accounts like that. Like Steve was saying, they're they're reoccurring. They don't
0: just happen the one time. Yeah, it'd be definitely be interesting to see if you guys went back out there or if either of your friends went back out there and saw anything out of the ordinary. So on that note, Kyle, take us out west. All right. So we're going to jump into the world of Sherman
1: Ranch. It's also known as Skinwalker Ranch. Now this is located just outside Ballard, Utah, and it's on about 480 acres. So it's not, not a giant area. It's been known for its paranormal accounts involving UFOs, skinwalkers, orbs, and mysterious lights. Uh, it borders the U-Indian Reservation. Now these people believe it's a territory for the skinwalkers. Therefore, they will not enter the area known as Skinwalker Ranch. They won't even get close to this. They uh, they take it very serious, believing the Skinwalkers are powerful spirits that are here because of the of a curse that was put on them a long, long time ago by the Navajo. And the Utes say the ranch is the path of the Skinwalker. Now, this curse stems from. The Ute Indians being a more or less warlike tribe, and back in the day, uh, the Spanish gifted the Ute tribe horses, and then uh, lo and behold, they decided to turn against the Navajo. Now the Navajo were apparently like their friends back then, so they would, you know, they would they would work together if they had an enemy. They were a common enemy. They would both help each other. But I I guess once they were gifted horses, they kind of saw themselves as superior to the Navajo. And so they started to kidnap the Navajo people and sell them into slavery. So one would assume that, you know, this altercation between the tribes was basically based upon greed. And with the Civil War going on, the Ute joined forces with Kit Carson in his campaign against the Navajo, which resulted in the Navajo being forced from their lands. Years later, the Navajo people were able to return to their lands, but the Ute people began to believe that the Navajo got their revenge for treachery by sending skinwalkers to haunt them. Now the Ute believe the presence of skinwalkers goes back around 15 generations. They don't fully believe the skinwalkers live on the ranch. They believe that these skinwalkers live in a place called the Dark Canyon. And the Ute have reported multiple skinwalkers around the area, including parts of the reservation, the ranch, on the road to Fort Duchesne.
0: All right, I'm going to interject there for a second. So what exactly is a skinwalker, for those who don't know? Like, is it a human? Is it... Like, because I read you've done a lot more research than I have and I've read that it's some places say it's a human with the ability to actually change shape and other places I'm seeing that it's like a Navajo witch that has this ability what did you find uh, like what is a skinwalker
1: alright well per the lore a skinwalker is usually seen as a witch legend says a skinwalker is a medicine man or woman who commits a terrible act Usually this terrible act consists of killing a close relative. Damn. Yeah, they do this to gain supernatural powers. And the skinwalkers are usually depicted as a wolf, owl, crow, or coyote. But, you know, with the lore, they um, also say that they have the ability to turn into
0: whatever animal they want. So is is a skin becoming a skinwalker like a punishment for this crime or do they commit this crime because they want to become a skinwalker
1: they want to become a skinwalker uh. it's it's like a basically it's like a form of black magic you know believed by the indians damn yeah so it'd be like basically your OG evil guys of the indian world you know i and i'm assuming this comes with all types of supernatural powers there's got to be a positive for whatever angle they're looking at to want to do this because let's think you know you got to kill a close family member that's that's pretty heavy price to pay yeah that's crazy and uh, they're all they're also known to knock on doors bang on walls peer through windows attack livestock, And harass unsuspecting humans. And... Now when it comes to actually seeing one... The description of Skinwalker... Ranges from... Humanoid with dog heads... Smoking a cigarette. Which is rather odd. Black humanoid figure covered in hair and extremely fast. Almost every report... Says that they have very large red glowing eyes. Which... Kind of makes sense because there's a lot of these types of sightings throughout the world you know like dog man some people say uh Bigfoot has them too the the big glowing red eyes yeah, i, I mean just, it's...
0: I was just gonna say that as soon as you took a break that you hear a lot of Bigfoot reports that have red eyes
1: so it almost makes you wonder if they are connected somehow the Bigfoot and the dogman or or the skinwalker you know what, whatever this may be. They yeah. could all be related in the end.
0: Yeah, it could even go into like folklore folk folklore of the werewolf. Exactly. Anything, as far as that goes.
1: Exactly. Now we're gonna kind of switch gears. I mean, that's that was the basic history of Skinwalker and a little bit on what a Skinwalker actually is. Now we get into the interesting stuff. Uh the ranch itself was actually owned by the Myers family, from around nineteen oh five to nineteen eighty seven. And what's weird about this is the Myers—they didn't have any kids, um, nothing like that. They was just a man and a wife. Now they didn't report any strange activity on on the property. The only ones who reported it were the neighbors. Weird. So that's really weird. Weird. And. I forget the actual location, but I want to say in the northwest corner was where their homestead was originally built, and that was right at the foot of what they would call Skinwalker Ridge. And after an X amount of years, they ended up moving the location of their homestead to, I want to say, the southwest corner? They moved in one of the corners away from Skinwalker Ridge. <laughs>
0: Getting the hell out of there. Right.
1: Right. Don't blame them. No, not at all. So the ranch then sat empty for a number of years until the Shermans bought it. And they bought it in 1994. I want you, after I get done with telling you what this is, Steve, I want you to tell me what you would think if you walked into a new home and saw this.
0: (laughs) I've I've read a little bit about this.
1: (laughs) So while moving in, they noticed strange things right away. The previous owners put deadbolt locks on every door and window in the home. To add to that, some of the doors and windows had deadbolts on both sides of it. <laughs> now, even the kitchen cabinets had deadbolts on them. What? Yes. So, you would, like, in my head, I envision everything that can be opened. And closed has deadbolts on it. All Everything.
0: Right. So like I get the doors and the windows. If you live on if you live on Skinwalker Ranch and you got all these skinwalkers tapping on your windows and trying to get at you and shit, it makes sense to right. have deadbolts keeping them from getting in the house. It's fucking weird that they have deadbolts keeping you from getting out of the house. Yeah, And it, keeping you from getting snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. in the cabinets.
1: <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> idea. But it it almost makes me feel like like something would occasionally get into the home, right? Because what other reason would you put one on either side? You would you would have to either you're extremely cautious and you're thinking, "Well, what what would happen if one of them does get in?" Or something has legitimately gotten in. And then you learned your lesson where you're like, okay, well, now I need one on each side just in case. That way I can quarantine it in or keep it out.
0: Bro, I've seen enough zombie movies to know that if you've got locks on the inside of the house, what if something in the house is changing into...
1: Oh, wow. Talk about a mind fuck.
0: That's the first thing. Once you start talking about that, I'm like, they're trying to keep something in from getting out. Dude,
1: that's crazy. That is crazy. I've never heard that one before either. I've listened to a lot of stuff revolving around this, and nobody's ever brought that up.
0: Yeah, that's that's the first thing that I thought of. Like, you got your locks keeping whatever's out in. What if something in, you don't want to get out?
1: <laughs> Dude, that's nuts.
0: I'd be selling that place too. See now,
1: you. to add a little bit more to this, outside were large iron stakes with heavy chains at both ends of the home. So, you know, you walk up to the, the, the door and on the left side of the house and the right side of the house, there's giant metal stakes in the ground with big chains coming off of them.
0: Not connected to anything?
1: Not connected to anything. Now, the Shermans assumed it was for guard dogs. But if they're heavy, heavy chains, that's got to be a big dog. Guard werewolves. Right?
0: That's weird
1: now the very same day the family moved in they saw what looked like a giant wolf there it is the giant wolf Uh, this wolf went straight for the cattle pen and it grabbed one of the calves now Terry I believe it was Terry but they went after the creature and tried beating it which is a horrible idea why would you beat what you would assume is a wolf. It just doesn't sound like a very thought-out plan. No. Right. So.
0: Especially if it's a huge wolf. Yeah. Now. They just carried off one of your cows. <laughs>
1: yeah. But nothing that they they tried worked. So they got a gun out. He grabbed for his sidearm, shot the animal point blank. The animal still wouldn't let go. He then shot it again. And this time, apparently, it finally let go. But instead of running off, it literally just stood there and looked at him.
0: Like you just screwed up.
1: Yeah. And then, apparently, finally, it slowly walked off with no signs of injury or blood. They tried to follow the animal, but in pursuit, you know, I would assume that they let this creature gain a little bit of traction on him. So they're not right behind it, but they were following the tracks and apparently the tracks just vanished. You know, it got to a certain point and then poof, gone. That's crazy. It is crazy. Imagine how scary that would be. You shoot, even even if it was a dog, a house cat, you shoot it point blank with a .357 and it doesn't do anything.
0: It just looks at you. Yeah, it just looks at you. Like you really need to stop. Yeah. Let me have this snack.
1: now roughly a month later the wife Gwen was returning home when she had an encounter with a wolf like creature too the same one no different one a different one now she claims the back of this creature was at the top of her car window so that is large and the creature apparently had a companion running alongside it but it was reported to be a little bit smaller than the one that was the size of a car essentially
0: i wonder if the second wolf resembled
1: the first one the one they shot the bulletproof one right yeah and that's another thing if you if you do any amount of research on this the that first wolf story is high, is dubbed the bulletproof wolf I mean, you see it everywhere.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty pretty popular uh, part of the lore when you start looking into Skinwalker Ranch.
1: Right. And <laughs> over the next few years, there is not a lack of sighting of strange creatures, and they range from large birds to Bigfoot to wolves to skinwalkers. I mean, you name it. It was most likely seen on this property.
0: It's just like a paranormal hotspot.
1: Yes. Now they also experienced a large creature that attacked one of their horses. And it kind of resembles the first wolf, but it has some very curious differences. It was low to the ground, very muscular. With a bushy tail and a reddish coat, they estimated the weight to be around 200 pounds. So whatever it is, is pretty decent size. When they approached it, it vanished, and the horse had claw marks all over it. Weird. Yeah, they they kind of um, more or less described this creature as a hyena. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's what that's like the best description they could give for it and you'll see it when you if you research it it'll be like the the vanishing hyena or vanishing dog or whatever it is and you know the fact that the horse had claw marks all over it it kind of proves their sighting i mean
0: at least something like something physical had to have been there yeah to cause damage
1: and then, you know, it's, it's kind of vague because we can't we don't we're not talking to the Shermans right now, but you know, the way I interpret it is like you're you're walking up to attempt to save your, your horse and you see this this big creature, and then you get within, let's say, five feet of it, and it just goes
0: poof. Yeah, that'd be awful.
1: You know, because it, it didn't say that the creature got spooked and ran away or anything to that effect it was simply it vanished that's nuts it is nuts
0: i wonder how much livestock they lost to the to these phenomena
1: i'm not sure like i as much of the research as i did i maybe maybe stumbled across seven seven cattle that had either been found dead or had just vanished they were gone
0: eventually you would think like if cattle is a big part of your livelihood and your lifestyle that you'd have to stop cutting your losses and just get the hell out of there right now before they start moving on to people and children and <laughs> shit like that right i mean well.
1: yeah because you're gonna run out of cattle eventually and I wouldn't even want to, I wouldn't even want to be outside after even just seeing the wolf thing and this let's just the vanishing hyena that would really make me reconsider being outside especially knowing my gun is not going to do anything to it but that hasn't been the only thing that's been seen on this ranch in the area surrounding the ranch Activity activity ooh, greatly picked up in the nineteen fifties. So we're kind of going backwards a little bit, but it's for a reason. In the nineteen fifties, UFO reports went through the roof at this time, and what well, was kind of a fun little thing. And I tried finding the account, but I, I just could I did wasn't able to stumble across it, but apparently. UFO sightings in this area are not uncommon. That even early Spanish explorers from the 1700s reported objects in the sky. Which is That's crazy. pretty strange. You know, it kind of leaves a little bit more credence to some of these sightings. And the little fun part for me here is that in the 1950s, to... Well, it really, what, when it really changed was the 1970s. Now, in the 1970s, reports came flooding in in the hundreds. And, you know, these objects ranged from typical UFO accounts to oval, round, cigar shape. Some had red beams, some with green lights. It got so out of control that the highway patrol completely stopped responding to UFO reports. (laughs) Like, it got that far out of control where they would just be like, I can't handle this anymore. There's just too much going on.
0: Hey, Holocult. The weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis Boots. When you're out hunting the Dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids.
1: And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots regular leather boots they they have it all and it's it's ridiculously awesome you can even stop by their the local tacova store have a complimentary drink or two and shop new styles the smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized and with regular live music and events there's no in-store experience like it so just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin, hollow sky branded boots. How awesome would that be?
0: Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. That's awesome. It's it's like, crazy. We're not even dealing with this anymore. No. I mean,
1: could you imagine just like your your station is just so flooded with these calls? They you just you just tell everybody we we're not even gonna respond to them anymore.
0: Yeah, it makes it makes you wonder if the officers ever saw anything. You know, like. did they they stop responding because everybody keeps calling them in they're like man these people just need to stop you know like they played it off like it was nothing or if they actually went out on these calls and started seeing shit so now they're like "Eh, I think we'll pass on going back out there.
1: I wouldn't blame them either way you know I don't know it just it, it would blow my mind just to be told by the police hey we're not looking into these anymore because it's just they're coming in hundreds, you know, just hundreds and hundreds of them. But it also leaves credence to everyone. I mean, you can't... You couldn't... T- unless it's the same dude calling in every five yeah. minutes, you know. But yeah. if there are different... Even if it's just 20 different people and they're just constantly calling in, I mean, that still says we're seeing stuff out here. And then uh now... The Shermans, they reported their fair share of objects as well. When they started to see these things, cows began to go missing. And this would be, you know, some of their seven cattle or so that went missing or were found dead or what have you. Uh, Some of them were mutilated. One had a hole in the center of the left eye and no other injuries. Another had the same injury to the eye, but also had a six inch deep and one inch wide hole taken out of the rectum. And apparently Mr. Sherman, when he found these cattle with uh, the eye holes, he took like a piece of bailing wire and straightened it out and stuck it down these eye holes and they stopped basically where the center of the brain would be. So whatever whatever's doing it is just basically coring into the brain. That's messed up. It is messed up. Now with with all these cases, there was no sign of predators, no sign of blood, and no tire tracks or footprints, which is rather odd. And on top of all that, there um where no uh, no smell of chemicals and not even the predators would touch these carcasses.
0: That's weird. You see that a lot in alien... alien-related cattle mutilations where the predators, like scavenger predators, won't mess with the, the carcasses left over.
1: I wonder why that is. I don't know. Like, there's got to be... Like, you would think that there would have to be some type of scent or or something that an animal could more or less sense and not us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially scavengers. Like, the scavenger animals will eat anything.
0: In our um, human mutilation episode, they talked of predatory birds actually picking on the body of one of the victims. And those birds dying within the area as well. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, it's which weird. I wonder. It like, really strange.
0: Maybe maybe high dose radiation or something. I don't know.
1: Maybe that's bizarre. There has been reports of radiation after UFO accounts.
0: I'm following along on SkinwalkerRanch.org, kind of following the timeline because Kyle did all the research on this topic, and I found a little blurb here that I thought I'd shout out. It said the ridge line directly behind Skinwalker Ranch is given the neck the nickname of Werewolf Ridge. Rad. By locals for reasons lost to history. Funny that we made that comparison early on when talking about what a Skinwalker is. Yeah. And then the ridge right behind Skinwalker Ranch was called Werewolf Ridge.
1: Well, ironically enough, you know, since you bring up werewolf and I was gonna this is more of like a, a current news on it I didn't so, mean to like
0: jumping out on that no 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 wondering. it's
1: fine it's fine it's fine but um there was apparently now it's recent too from my understanding but apparently there I, and I'm confused on some of the detail I don't quite remember so it was either a police officer that was a U Indian or it was the the reservation police it was one of the other they were out patrolling, saw what they thought was a dangerous wolf. So I would assume it was probably large in size, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm, it's unclear if, like, people were calling it in, you know, making them actively go look for this. But regardless, they seen it, and I guess they got out and shot it. Now, they went and followed the uh, the blood trail. So this one is different. This one did have a blood trail. They followed it. And what they found blew their minds. They found a naked man that was shot and dead. (laughs) Damn. So it kind of... I mean, as crazy as it sounds, it almost leads Credence to the werewolf.
0: Which in could, turn is basically a skinwalker. Exactly.
1: You know, that could be the werewolf could essentially be I don't want to say modern take on it, but it's basically another culture's adaptation yeah of the skinwalker. Yeah, exactly. Or vice versa.
0: Exactly. So it almost makes you wonder if there's something going on in the area that's causing Able to be able to change form. You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily a curse or black magic or whatever. Maybe if it's something more geographically based, since it's all taking place in this one general area. It's possible. Huh.
1: You know, and, you know, if, if the Indians, you know, if you think about it, if the Indians are right and that this is black magic. Dude, there's so much that ties into black magic. I mean, it it could be a literal curse on the land that makes it whomever spends time on the land basically inherits the curse. I mean, black, black magic is limitless, so to speak. You know?
0: Yeah, it's... Like, I'm just wondering if whatever's bad going on in that location has been there since forever because pretty much like when those expeditions went through in 1776 that's probably about as early history as you're going to get makes you wonder if crazy shit was going on before that and just kept going and then the Navajo came up with the skinwalker to kind of try to describe the shit that's going on it makes sense you know what I mean I don't know. My brain as I'm reading this and listening to you, my brain's going like psh, psh, psh. <laughs> we'll 600, fire
1: off. Six hundred different I mean fire off. That's what we're here for.
0: It's just like these locations are so so crazy to me because it's not just one specific type of paranormal activity you're dealing with. It's like, everything. You're not just dealing with skinwalkers. You're also dealing with UFO sightings and you're also dealing with the catamutilations and you're also dealing with all this other crazy shit. It's like there's certain spots in this world that are just literal magnets for this kind of stuff.
1: It, it truly is. And like you said, it just makes you wonder when did this start and why did it start? What what makes this place so special? You know, is there a bunch of ley lines under it? Is,
0: well, I mean, is, is it a it, portal like from our yeah. call? Do these things open up? And I mean, these things might. This shit might not have anything to do with people turning into animals. These could be things from somewhere we don't even know.
1: Precisely.
0: I was gonna say alternate dimension, but people start giving me shit because that's my answer for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the alien guy. You're the alternate dimension guy.
1: <laughs> Gotta stick to my guns. But let's uh, we're gonna backpedal a little bit. Go back to my original path here. In in regards to some of the oddities of the, the cattle that were on the, uh, on the ranch, some of the cattle would just simply vanish. And that's not, they're not saying that the cattle were drug away or maybe they got out, but there was, there was one case that was very interesting. They were following cow tracks and, when they reached the end of the tracks, they just stopped right in in the middle of one of their pastures. It just stopped. There was no more tracks anywhere at all period whatsoever. It was almost like whatever happened just lifted this cow into midair and gone
0: <laughs> It reminds me of the missing the missing, the missing people from missing four one one. We just listened to David Politis talk this weekend at Crypticon, and he talked a lot about his Bigfoot research, but he touched lightly on his missing 411 stuff, and there are a lot of cases where it's just like people were picked up, so to speak, just right right off the ground, and sometimes they're never seen, seen again, sometimes they're placed right back days later where they've already searched, but... That uh, the cow tracks remind me of that. It is missing four one one doesn't have anything to do with this. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, at the end of this episode, I would like to give you guys a recap on our time at Crypticon because it was it was interesting to say yeah, the cool. least.
0: Anyway, but, yeah. I digress. Sorry.
1: Picking back up with the cattle talk here because everybody loves that. Um, there was an account where they actually found a cow. Within five minutes of its death, so that is rather odd. Damn. Yeah, he was out. I believe Terry was out and saw the cow grazing. He went to go do some other stuff, and I'm assuming, you know, one would assume he returned within five minutes and found it dead, with its anus cord out. So that's that's fast. Especially to do a little bit of coring,
0: and to not for them not to hear anything. No,
1: not bizarre. a yeah. And the animal didn't make any no you know any noise that because if if he was only five minutes from it, he couldn't have been far.
0: No, you would think an animal being killed in such a matter, they would at least make some sort of noise.
1: Exactly. <clears throat> and then uh, in 1995, Terry was checking on his cattle when he saw a silent glowing object pass over some poplar trees. In the coming days, Gwen saw another object that had what looked like headlights and it was able to light up the entire side of the mountain like it was broad daylight. So that would be very curious to see. You know, something that has the ability... To light up the entire side of a mountain and make it look like the sun was out um and this is kind of you know changing gears a little bit but one night Gwen saw a light in one of their fields she grabbed some binoculars and was shocked to see a square lighted structure on the ground just before the light went out she caught a glimpse of a man in the object Later on, the craft appeared again, which both Terry and Gwen watched through a 60-power spotting scope. Now, they saw a figure standing next to the object. He seemed to be around 7 feet tall, dressed in all black, with some type of visor over his face. And they, they knew this because the light was actually reflecting off of it. Weird. Now, what do you think about that?
0: Like The more... The more I listen and I read, it makes me almost feel, kind of doing 180 on what I said earlier, that maybe it's all just extraterrestrial activity. You know what I mean? Like... Because that's like the biggest commonality as far as the activity goes. It's been continuous that they've seen lights and they've seen crafts. Like you said, there's even reports somewhere that they saw stuff in the 1700s. Right. So what if these creatures are coming from the lights and stuff?
1: It's it's possible because people do... Now, I mean, this is a culture-based thing, but people do... Attribute skinwalkers and Bigfoot to <clears throat> extraterrestrials because a lot of times in in these sightings, like you'll hear it with Bigfoot, um, they'll see not long after or before or at the same time they'll see a UFO in the area.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I keep like I'm looking through the timeline and there's all these these unexp- like from early on 1906 and 1911 like. Uh, weird explosions in the sky and during the day, and weird rumblings, and like they're seeing strange. 1905, they were the first Skinwalker Ranch settlers built a homestead on the property that's now dilapidated. This is according to SkinwalkerRanch.org. They did they did report one strange occurrence of a strange visitor to the property, a story so amazing that it was passed down to future generations. So strange visitor that to me Dude, that that's weird. Like,
1: because that would have been before the time the Shermans actually owned it.
0: Yeah. See, it's it's like, it's almost, like when you hear a strange visitor, the first thing that pops into my head is an, is an alien. You know what I mean? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then 1944, two miles from Skinwalker Ranch, a large silver globe-like object is seen over Fort Dushnee Dushane. Dushane. Whatever. And like you said, in the '40s, '50s, and '60s, so much UFO activity. Like it's all kind of tying back in to UFOs, 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 right. UFOs. And then I found 1981, NASA builds an observatory 16 miles northeast of the ranch. Wow. I was one, I was waiting to see if you like if you had that in your notes. No, I didn't. But like that's that's a pretty big deal
1: that's a that's a little bit of a red flag yeah because that means that <laughs> essentially the government is starting to take notice to this area
0: yeah but it wasn't there for very long because it's dismantled the NASA laser observatories dismantled dismantled eight years later
1: or maybe they put it there thinking hey this is a great spot and then a bunch of crazy stuff started happening they're like mm, maybe we should go ahead and move this
0: yeah yeah.
1: Um the last thing that I'm going to go into for tonight because we are nearing the end of our hour. Oh wow. But the last thing this is what kind of relates to our uh, submission earlier. And apparently there have been portals and unknown voices heard throughout the ranch. Now, one night during the summer, Terry heard voices while standing in a nearby pasture. He made it sound like they were almost like echoes from a CB radio, but they seemed to uh, emanate out of the air directly above him, which is rather odd. While listening to these voices, he said he could hear two separate people speaking in an unknown language. Eventually, Terry got frustrated and yelled into the air, we can hear you. And the voices stopped. But, moments later, one voice broke into a a low rumbling laugh, and then they continued talking.
0: (laughs) We're going to finish our conversation. Yeah. When he says an unknown language, it makes me wonder if it was like unknown to him. Was it like German, or was it like... Portuguese, or was it, like, not a human language?
1: Um, I think he gave a description almost like a, uh, if I remember right, don't quote me, but I feel like it was like a cross between, like, a Russian dialect slash Native American.
0: Hmm. Because it makes me think of the Sierra sounds, which we talked about on the way to CryptidCon. Yeah. And the more I look into the location of where that took place, the more odd paranormal activity that has gone on that kind of reminds me of Skinwalker, which makes me think of like these specific locations being magnets for this.
1: Right. And you do find these locations throughout the world. It's not just here.
0: But before we go in any further into that, we might as well wrap this one up. Well, I didn't realize it. Well, I before. got...
1: One more thing to talk about before we go ahead and uh, and kill this episode. Right on. right on. But this is the direct relation to the call. Um, the Sherman's actually seen, which this is much larger, but they seen a 100-foot circular opening up here in the air. And they were described as doorways that would just simply spiral open. Some accounts describe it as daylight, Inside these portals. Which, like I described Alternate earlier... Alternate universe. Yeah, which, like I described earlier, would be like if it's nighttime here and this opens and you're basically seeing the other side of the earth where it's daytime. And to kick this one off, though, objects and creatures were both seen entering and exiting the doorways.
0: Were they creatures of
1: this world? No. Now, they didn't give much description on the objects or creatures entering and exiting, but I believe I read there was an account. I mean, objects, we can all kind of assume they're they're UFO-based. But the creatures, I know there was at least one account of, like, a Bigfoot-like creature entering and exiting the portal.
0: It Just makes me think of that uh, CIA quote where... It said that the earth is being used as like a giant grocery store.
1: I knew you were going to say that as soon as you said the, the CIA quote, which yeah. is fucking disturbing.
0: Because where, I mean, where are the cows going? As it's long just, as
1: it's the cows and it's not us.
0: These damn big feet are coming through here and just... Snatch. Yeah. Steak tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, so weird.
1: With all that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed the first half of Skinwalker Ranch.
0: Yeah, do you want to touch on uh, Crypticon a little bit? Absolutely. So this past weekend, we got up bright and early, Saturday morning, about 3 o'clock. Made the six-hour drive to Lexington and hit up Crypticon, which was awesome.
1: It was pretty cool.
0: We got to listen to David Paulides speak, which I was super looking forward to. Uh, He touched heavily on his Bigfoot research, which apparently he does not do. But since we were at Crypticon, he decided to, which was very interesting, to say the least. It
1: was super interesting.
0: And he touched a little bit on his missing 411 investigations in his new movie, so that was cool. Uh, we met a lot of people from the Bigfoot world. Uh, Cliff and Bobo from uh, Finding Bigfoot were there. They uh, did a lecture. Who else was there? Man, It's all a blur.
1: Uh, Derek Hayes was there. Oh, yeah. Derek uh, Hayes from the Monsters Among Us podcast. Monsters Among Us, which was, that town hall meeting was, it was pretty awesome. You know, it it was basically formatted like a show, but you had real life people going up there and telling their personal stories. There were some pretty wild stories that got told. It was really, really interesting. Yeah, it
0: was awesome. I was glad to be a part of that.
1: Yeah. And then to boot, we got snagged in one of their pictures. (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. (laughs) I did comment on that.
1: Yeah, we were fine in our seats.
0: Yeah, shout out that podcast. If you guys haven't checked it out, check out Monsters Among Us. He deals with uh, uh, just listener call-ins for the most part of paranormal experiences, and he kind of touches on them a little bit. So if you guys are waiting for our next episode to drop, hop on over there and check his stuff out. Um,
1: Now, not to discredit Dave or Derek or anybody else, that was there but i know one of my personal highlights of this show and i know it was steve's as well we actually talked to an artist that was there and his name is jamie snell and we'll i'll, I'll post his um uh, his information in the show notes for tonight
0: i already posted it on the facebook okay, page
1: cool awesome that works even better I was stoked I-, I tagged him on instagram we got. I got to pick up some of his artwork. His artwork is amazing, especially in my personal opinion when it comes to the Native American and Skinwalker and Wendigo lore. Dude's Dude. pictures are awesome.
0: Yeah. Dude is talented.
1: You know, and super reasonable prices. I mean, it's $10 for a print, so it is a copy of his original, but it looks amazing. And where are you going to find artwork like this?
0: Yeah, that's what we were just talking about. Like, it's such a niche subject that you, you basically have to stumble upon it. Yeah. We were just lucky enough to come across this booth as we were hanging out.
1: Yeah, we were just kind of making our rounds, checking stuff out, and we we both just essentially stopped dead in our tracks, and we were just staring at everything, debating on what to buy. We kept coming and going, coming and going. And then right as we were getting ready to pull the trigger on his Wendigo, artwork he took it down because he just sold out
0: (laughs) story of my life right
1: go figure so i started chatting him up super personable dude. super nice guy and you know we're like hey we were really trying to get that one but you know it's cool i ended up buying three other uh, three other images from him which i i posted on the instagram i think steve posted on facebook yeah and you can hit him up at any time and buy his stuff, but you should. You should, at the very least, go check him out. You know, he's got some cool stuff.
0: For sure. And I got we got to meet the cast of Mountain Monsters. Yeah. Which my little brother Dylan's super stoked about. I brought him back some autographs, and he's like a kid on Christmas morning. <laughs> it was a wild bunch there. Some crazy dudes.
1: Shout out, Dilmo. <laughs> but uh, another kind of fun thing about Crypticon which we we discussed a little bit while we were there, it was amazing to see all the different walks of life that showed up. Like it it wasn't just who you would think would be there. You know, there were I can remember one and I'm sure you remember it too, me and Steve were walking through the hallway and there was a a Bigfoot statue there and a dogman statue there and there was this freaking adorable little girl she was probably what do you think about five years old maybe and she looked at the the werewolf and goes that's a chupacabra and her older sister was probably Mm ten, yeah eight to ten was like no that's dog man (laughs) and i'm like how crazy is that that these people are not only bringing their entire family but their entire family is versed in this in the stuff.
0: Yeah, it was awesome.
1: And then there was there were just so many people that were there that you just almost wouldn't expect to be there. But it was awesome. It made it that much more relatable and personable for us.
0: And I think that's what made the town hall meeting so awesome was that you're in a room full of people that think and kind, kind of believe the same way as you do. So it's not nearly... As stressful sharing these kinds of experiences where some places you'll be ridiculed for. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, everybody that shared a story damn near got a standing ovation, you know, and it, it was, was just, cool. it was awesome. It was a good time.
0: But on that note, we got to wrap this up. So check us out at all our social medias Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and YouTube. And if you have an experience of your own, please feel free to share it with us. You can call us and leave us a message at
1: one 877 800 Hollow. or like I said before, use your little voice memo app, record your story, hell, if you want to. You can sit there and edit it if you want to make yourself sound amazing. You don't have to, but you can. And then just email it to us at hollow sky podcast at gmail.com
0: so again thanks for tuning in and make sure you tune in next monday to catch the second half of kyle's skinwalker ranch research so until then let's get weird